prompting, I, I found out with experimenting with images, prompting is a skill. It's yeah, a oh, yeah. very I tough you. skill that you need to develop. And I think people that are, have already spent time in understanding how language works and how to, how to search for certain things will have an easier time. Yes, yes. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome back to a brand new edition of Social Carfos. I'm your host, Shaluk, together with my co-host, Diego. What's up, Diego? Hey, Shaluk. I am doing great. We are going to have an exciting episode today. No guests, but not to worry. We got some topics lined up to kind of catch up from the stuff we usually talk about. We've got a lot of book uh, episodes, a lot of health episodes, but to I'm actually excited. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually excited to have an episode without a guest for uh, for the first time in quite a while. And we're yeah, already it's been a while. I think it's been a, like yeah. a good two months now. Yeah, a good two months with guests every week. And then also we're completely booked for January already as well. So basically yeah. this is the, the only time in the next six weeks that we get to talk a little bit about topics that People can throw into the conversation that are watching or we can discuss like what happened during the year. And I saw, I mean, I want to talk about the background. It, it does have a different feel. It does make me think that we should definitely switch around with the background a little bit as well. Yeah, I, I think starting off going, let's, let's review a bit what happened this year and going into next year. Definitely something we can take into account, changing things up a bit. You know, visuals, the approach we, we already got, the approach with guests lined up. But yeah, it's it's time to mix it up a bit. But coming back to the background, let's see if this overlay thing works. Yeah. Yeah, this is the original background. So can you guess where this is from? I have no idea where it's from. So this was created in about under a minute. Maybe under one and a half minutes. Through AI. Yep. Okay. So it's an AI image. Basically. And I've been experimenting with AI imagery like for the past, I guess, few days. Yeah. Since the weekend. And it's, I'm start, finally starting to get impressed what the possibilities are with AI. Shouldn't we worry though? You also mesh, what is it called? Chat TPG? Chat GPT, yeah. Based yeah. on the GP3 language model. Yeah. That was also so, interesting. Okay. So, so for people to, to, to grasp, to understand. So basically AI is taking over. I've seen a lot of people on Facebook that have been sharing their AI created profile pictures. Like a lot of apps currently provide the option that you just put a nice photo of you and you got a really cool AI profile photo. It's very limited. I think I made a couple of images as well. I, I saw those. I, I didn't try them myself yet yeah. because as you said, there there's some things I'm also careful about, about, you know, data types and personal images. So I, I, I'm kind of not on the bandwagon. They, they look pretty cool and it's, it's a fun gimmick, so to speak, but. Okay, That's... I want to share two images that I've tried and then we get, get to yours because I think yours are really pretty. And why are like, eh, I'm not really sure about it. So in the past week, I did try as well. So I guess we were both trying to see what we, what we could get out of it. And I did a very basic AI scan. So the first thing I did was I wanted to say AI to AI, like, listen, give me an image of Oruyari celebrations in, in Suriname. Yeah, that's, that's the first thing I tried to do. So I tried to create an AI generated image for, for Suriname. This, I think this is what came up, which I wasn't completely satisfied with because this doesn't look as Suriname at all. Right? So first question uh, before you go to the next image, what AI platform or model did you use? Wow. I have no idea. I literally have no idea. I, I just Googled stuff. 
I of course use the free one where you get credits and you have like five tries or something. Yeah, mo mo most of them were, were like yeah. that. So, so you have to understand this image was created by me entering a sentence basically on a website. That's all I did. I, ent I entered the sentence on the website. I think it was celebrating New Year's Eve in Suriname, something like that. And this was completely generated by artificial intelligence. This was not painted. Nobody spent time on what on, on nobody spent time on Photoshop or anything. So I was like, okay, this 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 doesn't work for me. So I was like, okay, we have to we have to try something else. So then I tried another one, which also and I I, try, I tried to change it a little bit, and I have no wait, idea. Wait. I, yeah. Was this with the same platform or? A different style of AI and I think different wording. Mm. And I don't know what I did differently in the wording, but this time it went for a pull up picture instead of instead of a broader. Okay. So this is another completely AI generated AI generated image, right? Image, which I have no idea based on what elements they picked this, but this could be like somebody who tried to do a like how, how long was the prompt or the description you used? Did you use a lot of words or did you keep it? Oh, the prompt, the prompt was relatively short. So yeah. I think that's the first question that's, that maybe should fall in more in the prompt. So I think that's, that's definitely something. That's, that's one possibility, but I, I have to, to kind of dispel that argument immediately. I also did like maybe an hour, two hours before we went live, created something real short with a relatively short prompt and it's the latest post on my Facebook page, but I'll share it here anyway. And that Yeah, so I, I really feel like there yes. are interesting elements. So let's 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 put yours on and let's see if we can is there a way you can share it like just share it as a uh, as a picture like below. Uh, I think that will be easier to to show it. I quickly I, I do want to jump into to the another comment that that Tef mentioned. So as a human artist, I completely understand. I'm going to tell you something, Devin. Diego played around with AI as well on text. So just saying like, hey, I want to write something, a proposal, a document, something. And it, it pulls out a random generated text, AI text, which is a bit concerning for me. I have to be completely honest. My company has been experimenting as well with text for Facebook posts, for instance, that you have copyrighted AI text that's being written. This, uh, this is not, yeah, oh, this is go. nice. Yes, yeah. this is really nice. So maybe you can elaborate a little bit on the prompt on how you got to this imagery. So it's a sequence of two things, but basically the, the general prompt was I prompted modern Surinamese koto slash batik fashion. That was yeah, it. See, so the koto, it, it doesn't know what the koto is. I think there, there should be more input into the AI. And I think... Yeah. Is it? But I, I use Koto yeah. and Batik. So I, I kind of yeah. merged two Merge things and two. Suriname and modern. So yeah. this is done with Midjourney, actually. Yeah. And out of all the platforms or models I tried, like I think Midjourney by far the more superior one, giving high fidelity images. Because like the, the complete characters, the, uh, the people here are completely generated by AI. If, if you look closely on the top left, you can see one of the noses of one of the ladies here. It isn't like, it's kind of malformed. So yeah. that, that one kind of gets it away, but I purposely left it like that. I didn't touch it up or anything. This is how it was pushed out. Really? Uh, after the prompt. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think, I think we're definitely going to see more of it in 2023. There's going to be a lot of push against it basically because we it, it gets to a point where it's worrying like one of the things i think back from 2022 is like how easy stuff is to manipulate now and how easy it is for people to believe things that aren't real so i think that's my my main concern with with this and the direction it could go and again you have to be open to fall for it like you will only fall for it when you know, like you but know, when it's pointed out, some things are obvious to see. Some things are really still really hard to kind of generate in a like lifelike matter, especially when it comes to hands and feet and limbs. 
that there's still a lot of malformation there. But yeah, it's quite interesting. And yeah, coming back to the other one that I tried a few weeks ago, that was ChatGPT. Basically, that's text-based language model and kind of replaced Google search for me. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it yeah. is that like it, it gives you the answers in a very succinct shared paragraph and it's very like conversational and contextual. So you can ask it one thing and as the conversation goes on, it So what if this continues to happen? Okay, let, 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 me, let me put it this way. See, here, here's where I'm, what I'm worried about. Okay, first of all, the further we go along, the less actual skill that we have. But this, and this goes, this, this goes back till the- I can agree 60s. and disagree on that. No, 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 hold on. This goes mm -hmm. back to the 1960s. So we have to imagine, like people who went to high school here in the 60s, 70s, maybe even, in Suriname, I think they were much, but also in, in Europe, they were more well-spoken in the sense that they knew at least three or four languages. Okay. Yeah. So I'm talking our parish generation. They, they know a lot of it more of languages. Not everybody, but a lot of them are much more familiar with languages. Also, boomers in general are much more specialized in general. Yeah. In general. That, like... Yeah, statistically, yeah. Yeah, I, I could see that. So when things came wrong, like a calculator, all of a sudden you would use the calculator and the more often you use the calculator, the worse you got at a basic math because you just start to type in things and things roll out. Now, one of the biggest problems that I had when I was a lecturer was that I would get a lot of copyright issues. Like I had instances where students would just take the second and third line of Wikipedia and put that in an answer. So like not even trying to word that in themselves, not to try to paraphrase or anything. They would just take out, I could just do a Google search and find like, yeah, the exact 60 to 80% of the text that was put into the, to, to, to the paper. And I was like, okay, so how do I deal with this? You know? And then now that. AI is coming to this level, it's going to be completely different text because now, okay, if you're really lazy, you're still going to copy AI yes. generated content. That was literally the first thing that came yeah. to my mind. Where was this two years ago when I had to yeah. write essays? That, that, exactly. So honestly, that was the first okay, thing. But came. this makes it really difficult because now you have somebody who is able to pretend to have like a certain level of written language and then you can find out that it's basically all, I wouldn't but, say a scam, but. My, my argument for that would be yeah. that's an, an evolution of technology and the evolution of the. Oh, yes. A, a powerful evolution of the education system because the education system kind of evolved in the way it is now through with all this copywriting where we had to paraphrase and restructure manually. So yeah. this forces education to kind of rethink itself on how to actually measure up or kind of the, the intellectual acuity, acuity of students to be able to, you know, understand and parse data. So you would say it's, it won't get more and won't get more abuse. It, but... it will get abuse, but. That, no, but that, not that more it... in, 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 in percentages, it won't be more than it already is. How so? As in like, currently there are already a lot of like what's and scams going on do you feel it will i think the percentage is very low of how many people are familiar and using this at the moment yes we see the images go around that that's because it, it kind of gone viral a few people started and then oh everyone saw this cool thing yeah let's try that but but very apply it to an actual application yeah. and to really try to go into it believe yeah. me prompting yeah. I found out with experimenting with images, prompting is a skill. It's yeah, a oh yeah, very I tough you. skill that you need to develop. And I think people that are, have already spent time in understanding how language works and how to, how to search for certain things will have an easier time. Yeah, and, um, and that doesn't take away to, to, to solidify this comment, actually. That, that doesn't take away. You need a broad spectrum of knowledge to be able to come up with the right prompts, especially if for the art example, you, if you want to replicate a certain art, you need to know the language, 
on how to replicate it or how light should shine in. So you need fundamental understanding of certain concept to be able to produce results that but you want. But in this sense, the rich gets richer. If you, if you get my... I, I, I won't say, yes, that that's one way to put it. I think that's kind of to a degree inevitable, but it's also, but it's also the knowledgeable, to, those it's who educate themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Those who educate themselves to kind of use this as a way to kind of the calculator task, for example, to be that or make it more efficient and save time. So that, that, that's the pro. But yes, I understand all the concerns that go with it, but no new technology comes without concern, without the controversy. That's the beauty of it, I think. So a couple of people are joining in. So welcome, Jojo. So I really want for the people that are tuning in, feel free to, to drop topics. And basically we're reviewing 2022 topic that we'll definitely discuss is FTX, the rise and fall of FTX and, uh, interesting. and, yeah. and the current swear, the circuitous situation within cryptocurrency. What we are now discussing is, is the rise of AI. I think there's, there's like a lot of opportunity there, but uh, for me, it's, it's the realization that things are going really quickly and really slow at the same same time as well. And yes, Lydian, we, we, we talked a bit about chat GPT yeah. and, and actually Diego has some experience with, with chat GPT. I haven't tried it extensively, so I will reserve my reviews for now, but yeah, it is worrisome. For me, it's worrisome that somebody can now just use chat GPT for a paper, a college paper and. I wouldn't say I'm worried about them getting away with it. I'm worried with creating a perception of a skill level of somebody that isn't a real skill level yet. But that, that's going to fall flat either way. Because if, if you look at education, fundamentally, it's kind of learning to understand. Yeah, but other people understand. suffer from it. And I think I, I do want to transition in from this to what happened with FTX. Basically, mm -hmm. that's what exactly what happened with FTX. It's like somebody who had no skills to be a billion dollar CEO became a billion dollar CEO. That's, that's basically my biggest concern is that, of, and of course, I don't really mind it that much as, as from a, from a, a personal perspective, but from a micro perspective, this, this does set you back. Yeah. Co coming back to the FTX example, it's, it's kind of difficult. This goes back to the perception of, you know, how capitalism was formed and venture capital. If you look at the situation of FTX and how they raised a lot of money, a lot of it was based on perception and human trust and traditional systems. Sam SPF was able to kind of get investors to put money into a product. It's insane. It's insane. I mean, it's kind of not a even, of celebrity. Yes. So to put this in perspective for people that don't know the story of FTX, and we're going to try to make it as short as possible. Basically, Sam Bankman-Fried was kind of being positioned as the next big thing, the next big thing, the next Warren Buffett, the, the, the person who was kind of being the safer when it comes to cryptocurrency. And he made it a long way. I mean, he had sponsorships deals for FTX with people like Tom Brady, Shaquille O'Neal, like really big celebrities, but also he managed to make FTX the official partner for the arena for the Miami Heat. So basically everybody that went to Miami to go to a Heat game basically was in the FTX arena. Every home game by the Heat, it was kind of free product placement on FTX. Especially interesting how FTX was able to get on the website for the World Economic Forum as a partner there. I mean, that's, that's huge. How, how do you... How do you make that possible? It's basically, it fell flat and due to certain movements within the market, 18, 18 billion was, was lost. At, was it's lost not just billion. certain movements in the market. It's yeah. the fundamental structure of how, how it was set up basically. And yeah, it was like, I'm, I'm, I'm making my own token. And yeah. then when I pay you, I basically pay you a large part of the fee that I have to pay in my own token. And you base yeah. it on the perceived value, kind of the inflated value of that token while using customer assets to kind of trade with, another, with your other organization 
kind of literally. Oh yes, and you and you kind of have a sister organization that gets special benefits that other traders don't get, and you kind of gamble. Somebody said it beautifully. It's like being a bank, and I'm a bank. I get your money, and I go to Vegas and start gambling with it. Yeah, that's and that's basically. In, it's in very close to it. Only they were in a completely area. Almost no reg- unregulated space. That being said, kind of looking what happened back in five, six months ago when you had the Terra Luna incident, we covered that briefly as well. That spiraled out of control. And this was FTX. This from FTX was already happening over a year. They were basically bailing out all these companies that kind of spiraled to their debt, buying them out. To cover their own tracks, basically. Yeah, they? yeah, because they because, they, because they were also huge investors in, in that. In those, in those. So basically, so it, it, started it was kind of like a house of cards. Hey, but you know, there's two things. So as one thing, I want to talk about Netflix very quick, and after that, I want to talk about the comment by comment by Flip. So the funny thing about this is there's actually a Netflix documentary on this exact same process. Of, I think it was a Canadian exchange. Mm-hmm. So there's a complete Netflix series on a Canadian bloke who came in to build the biggest crypto exchange from Canada, who used funds from customers to gamble it away and then disappeared from the face of the earth and was declared dead in China, something like that. And then when they finally found out that his debt wasn't fake, they found out how badly the company was run. And if you see that documentary, like how after that happened, can FTX still happen? So that's the first thing. And then the second comment is like, here's the difference between FTX and and politics like a government. I mean, first of all, you decide for yourself if you use FTX. You don't decide for yourself where you're born and raised. I mean, you could say like, okay, I can't move, which is actually happening. Like yes. basically you're basically you're telling, telling me like, if, if it goes really south in our country, it's your own responsibility to go live somewhere else. Like you understand how insane that is. And think it from a perspective where countries like Syria and Iraq, where that actually happened, like, yeah, country gets borrow, destroyed. So basically, you don't have an option. You you just have to leave the country. Basically, that's the worst case scenario, kind of. Like, and and just from that perspective, it's not really fair to your country as a government if you go default. I mean, like, it's it's like well, if it's that, a company, that's the, that's the other thing. It's hard for countries to go into default because of the whole global political system. Well, technically, technically we've been default. Like a couple of years back, we were declared default. Like the IMF, was it the World Bank? I think the World Bank declared us. If if you draw the parallel to the corporate world, it's basically a bailout with an ever-growing debt ceiling increasing. Because even the the richest countries have an ever-increasing debt. But not, not to derail it. To, to go into that side of the conversation, like what, what happened with FTX? Yes, there's a lot of documentaries. There has been a lot of precedents set in the past hundred years. If you look out the traditional banking system, like what, what happened there was basically a bank run. Yeah. It's people deposited their assets, money, valuables on in a centralized entity. Now they want to try and take it out. The entity doesn't have it. So they, they. They're not solvent, so they can't pay out the customers. So people start panicking, and those who still have access to it try to get everything out. And suddenly, no one can get their money out anymore because they have nothing to pay out anymore. And that's that's how it implodes in itself. So I, I quickly, I'm, I'm quickly gonna run it up. So this is the documentary I'm talking about. All right, like this documentary just. Technically just, it came out this year. Trust no one, The Hunt for the Crypto King. This documentary came out like a couple of months before the downfall of FTX began. And there are so many similarities to this story compared to the FTX. It's insane. Like, of course, SBF was on a 
Sam Bergman Fried was on a completely other level because yeah, what he managed scale. to on a different scale, like he also donated to the the political parties during the campaign. Both sides. Yeah, both right. sides. Okay, so, so they were only what available. implications do you have there? Yeah, I mean, like it's it's insane. It's insane that and and it's in the end it only it proves the case for regulation and it proves the case for what crypto really blockchain technology is supposed to be. Yeah, and why? Why centralized? At the end of the day, this work. At the end of the day, this is a traditional finance issue. It yeah. has nothing to do with the technology, technological developments of the blockchain and decentralization. That was the hype that brought people in. But fundamentally, it's they, they were way over leveraged. They were playing with customer funds. And basically, kind of in the same timeline as the documentary just yet came out, I, I just checked a few interviews. And I think it was CoffeeZilla. Or there, there was an interview with SBF. Where he basically described what he was doing, and the interviewer asked him, "Yeah, describing a Ponzi scheme." And, yeah, and basically that he was just describing that, and it didn't dawn on people that that might actually be the case. So here's here's the biggest problem, and basically this is with all, almost all the crypto projects and NFT projects that are currently. So there's an additional investment made, and it goes well. And for a couple of years, it goes like, hey, and then the user base either stops growing or starts shrinking. And that's when companies get into issues because they have projected a continuous growth. So they start innovating and they start putting new features and new options in and new ways for people to generate. And that's, I think, the biggest problem. Like... The current situation with this kind of technology is we're such so in the early stages that you're, you're being also presented. describing startups yeah. and venture capital. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but here's here's the thing where where most people are struggling. You're considering you're being considered an investor, while in reality you're a customer. You could be both. Well. Can you add some fidelity to this example? So, and, and this is the concern that from the beginning was had with, with, with cryptocurrency is it's not connected to a real value. So like it's, there's no like offline trade-off to call it that. So it's all built on trust. Yes. But right? you want to go into this conversation? Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think it's, it's it's good for people to understand because we already know we have a problem like in our own country with people understanding the difference between a Ponzi scheme and MLM and just a referral marketing. Like, it's, there's a difference between a Ponzi scheme and referral marketing. They yeah. they aren't the same thing. No, no. So uh, Ponzi is dependent on attracting new customers, uh, whereas an MLM is kind of like less sketchy, but yeah. MLM is still, it's frowned upon, but yeah. It has developed in such a way that it's really hard to distinguish between the MLM and a Ponzi, but it's really different from referral marketing. Referral marketing is, isn't a scam. Referral marketing is saying like, I believe this product is good enough that I will be considered as a, a sales agency or a, yeah, a, a sales a referral. Basically, you just get yeah. a commission from the sale. It's, it's commission sales, yeah. right? So I think it's different. And I think referral marketing, in a sense, can be compared to a supermarket. You buy something wholesale and you continue and you sell, resell it. The biggest difference is that referral marketing has less risk as you're only getting paid for when something is sold and you don't have to do an actual initial investment and don't have to have a warehouse where you store things. So in that sense, it's, it's easier, but it's a really big difference between a Ponzi and referral marketing. Like they are really the same thing, but it, for most people, it's really hard to find where the line from referral marketing stops and where a Ponzi begins. Like we're like still don't fully understand the difference, like in general. Yeah. And to, uh... Okay, since you opened that conversation around trust, it's basically 
that was happening all along when we're talking about he got to the World Economic Forum, he got into the political parties, because that's based on the perceived persona that he built up over the years, months, and also his background, kind of, we we talked about, you know, pedigree entrepreneurs and non-pedigree entrepreneurs. Yeah, he's a pedigree entrepreneur, which went really south. Pedigree in the sense, association being from, was it MIT, I think, and having parents. He graduated within, from a good university. Yeah, and having parents, parents. are both lawyers. Lawyers like, in, not, in high, in high, high stated high, positions. High positions. So basically, and, and uh, to be honest, I look at it and I'm like, whoa, I could very well if I want to get myself in such a position, which would be really awful, but it's just like, hold on. Okay. I have to understand that that's something I don't want and ever want to have, but it is scary. It, it is really scary. Again, and that's where the kind of, when it's that situation happy, kind of the Bitcoin maximalist rejoiced in, in, in the sense of, you know, don't trust, but verify. And... I had to do it to, to SBF. I had to rewrite my intro to my book. Interesting. Yeah. How, how did that impact the intro? Like, what, what was the I original wanted, intro based on? Well, the uh, original intro is I went straight into why I'm writing this book. And the new intro, I talk a little bit about, more about perceptions and, and how mm. important. Yeah, it, it really yeah. changed. I, I at least spent two hours rewriting the intro and I'm not completely done. But for now, I've just, put it in as a block and say like, Hey, I, I do want to go a different direction because I, I feel like I want to make clear that, and this was one example. And the other example was liver King. I think, I don't know if you heard the story about I, liver. I've seen things pass by in my feet on liver King, but I didn't really click on any of them because I, I, I didn't really want to be get sucked into another, another so liver King, it liver could, could very well have used, I was saying it did because I don't think it was fully all yet. But he could have used chat G- GPT. So basically, now if you really want, if you and you will come across more professional than actual professionals trying to do their job. So if you're really good, and, and this is where we get really into my philosophical yeah. situation, mm-hmm. where I go to the society of the spectacle, Guy Debord situationalism, because or I'm not allowed to say situationalism. I'm not sure, I don't think so. But basically. Liver King could have just put in in chat, GVT, give me like a formula for healthy, natural living and kind of push those nine tenets and then say like, okay, this is the way you should live and this is a healthy lifestyle and really keep blasting it. Like even Andrew Tate, Andrew Tate can just have put into chat, GVT like, uh, like right, right wing and like pull out a template from that. I could have just started saying these things that the AI would pop up. I'm not saying they did, but just to give you an idea. Yeah, it's possible. But again, it's something that's out there in the world. ChatGPT just made it more accessible and faster for people. Yeah. And and I think- If they know what ChatGPT is. (laughs) Of course. And then then I want to go even further. Do you know the movie, The Prestige? Prestige? can't say that. Oh, okay. So the prestige, the prestige is basically a movie or like a movie about magic where basically magic, magic, and like every, every magic act has three parts and the prestige is the third part. It's like where the the act closes off. So it's the big reveal. So for instance, if I would be Houdini and I would get myself in like a strap jacket and you would throw me in a water tank and you would log everything and you would give me like 60 seconds and then you would open the rope and I would be gone and I would appear somewhere else. That's and the that's the big wow moment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's and with Hugh Jackman. Hmm. Really, really good movie. Really good movie. And with the prestige, they talk about like, if you're, if, if you really believe in an act, you start living that act. Yes. So there, there's an act from an old, old Chinese guy who does a fishbowl trick. And basically he makes the fishbowl trick appear out of nowhere. But he lives his whole life walking around with a bent back 
and like daddy is old. But that's yeah, the way yeah. he walks because he carries that fishbowl between his legs at all times. It's kind of shaped to you like physically as well. Yeah. Kind of... So so basically you get kind of it in, in, in the situation. Let's say chat GPT the intro. So that's not gonna happen. So that's that's definitely I am actually what I am considering put it in like a subparagraph, which is completely AI written into the book and mentioning that. I, I am considering that as well. I, I would just do that. Yeah. Because I think coming with scripts, etc. A few weeks ago, MKBHD also put out a video sharing his thoughts on the developments of AI. And basically for the first one minute, he just used a script that the AI wrote for him. And then he did the Sweet. prestige moment. Like, oh. oh yeah, like, so what if I told you that all of that was written by an AI and yeah. then he revealed, yes, that part was written by an AI and like people kind of didn't even realize that until he mentioned it. So that was kind of interesting, like writing whole scripts. And basically if there's a huge data set for someone like MEKBHD, there's a lot to pull from. So the AI could tailor that to his mannerism style and everything to output that for him. Okay, so what else do we have for? for so we, we, we covered like uh, AI a bit uh, with the intro, the SPF situation. And last update for the SPF situation, I think last week, was it? Or two weeks ago, they actually arrested, arrested him. him in the Bahamas. Oh, that's so, the, the AOC questions that got pulled out. Oh my God. That's, that's, that's hey, not going to fly. What, what's AOC? Alexandra or AOC is, what's her exact name? Sorry, because I'm going to botch her name. So I have to, I have to, I have to look up with her. Oh, the, the lady that kind of, yeah. the, the hero. Alexandra, yeah, yeah. Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Yeah. 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 So she is, she is known for, for being very sharp. She's a millennial, I think. She's a millennial, right? She's really sharp on, on her questioning and she basically grilled grilled them apart saying like all the suspicious behavior between closing off of of the exchange to him getting arrested like all these timeline of events she's all questioning them and coming up with scenarios which could either be of course conspiracy theory or they could be really true and then they have like even more to worry about yeah but a lot of the situation kind of attracts it it's susceptible for conspiracy theorists to kind of theorize because how deep does it go oh it's, it's like, easy and then you just sometimes you don't have to give too much credit to people like i i still feel sbf thinks he did the right thing and he did nothing wrong i i can actually believe that he thinks that yeah that that, that, was, that was a big discussion too i, I kind yeah. of was in a few of Twitter spaces, yeah. but then the other argument is it, is he trying to reshape his persona again? Cause he was masterful at that as well. So let's, like let's, let's give, you the bigger, persona. let's give you the biggest example. And I, people think Trump is the biggest example, but let's look at Lula, right? Lula, Lula. is now officially the president of Brazil again. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was arrested and thrown into jail. And he managed to save his reputation enough that he could actually be thrown into jail and after getting out of jail, run for office again and actually win because they were so much in disgust or a part of the country was so much in disgust with, with Bolsonaro. Yeah, that, that gives you perspective. I'm giving oh, you... Like, yeah, yeah, it's really reason. I'm going to give you another perspective. But Nelson Mandela... And like people now might be like, how dare you compare Nelson Mandela to Lula? Like, but technically there, there are some comparisons. You can't compare them in certain situations. And I think the biggest worry for people, and now I'm really diving deep. The biggest first worry for a lot of people is that there are more and more people saying like, Hey, wait, but Hitler wasn't all bad. Yes. That's I've yeah. seen those conversations pop up from a, usually you, a, a, if you look at for, from a 
personal point of view, you're the hero in your own story, right? And from yeah. from a perspective based on moral values and environment, that kind of shapes you in viewing what is right and wrong to a certain degree. So there's lots to debate about there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we are fully qualified. To yeah, it's not all we're to totally not qualified to discuss that. No, totally not. I'm just saying like, this is, and this is why AI worries me. Where, where does the, the, the doesn't line anymore. get drawn of, you it know. It doesn't end what, anymore. It is going to yeah. continuously get more difficult to understand what's the written narrative and who is writing the narrative. And it was easier for people. And that's also, I think it's, I don't think it's a good thing. From another perspective, it's a good thing because you get more empathic towards other positions and other thoughts or ideas, but it does get more complex and you can get completely thrown into the wrong path more easily than, than ever. Yeah, but reflecting back to our conversation with Aragorn, where, where we talked to him about you know the future of the metaverse and what, what he mentioned about that, that empathy part of mm. understanding each other I, I think that was very powerful on how we painted that picture and again it's it's very dependent on how people will interpret it you you have the bad you have the good you always have both it's it's a matter of how you interpret it and i think understanding fundamental principles it's it's the way forward in in education i think so but do you believe like so the next the generation the, the current generation so Current like the false sense is that we go back to hunter and gatherers, like small tribes. So you have like, of course, the big corporations. Yeah. And then you have a lot of like small, small tribes. Yeah. A, a lot of creation stuff is happening. Like if, if you look at local impact of small businesses, it's happening on, on a smaller scale. Again, lots of talented people are leaving big corporates to start their own thing or are using Things developed by big corporates or like maybe open AI later on to propagate their business. But does that mean everything goes to the big corporates? It's debatable, but it also means that the kind of coming back to the Facebook example with Facebook Marketplace, yes, yeah. Facebook takes a huge cut. Apple Marketplace, yes, they take a huge cut, but they've also pro- provided opportunity for smaller businesses to. Oh, if you follow the rules. I mean, have you seen yeah. the latest Apple controversy? I mean, that's... Yeah, if, that's if you follow like... the rules, but that, that that's why what I'm saying. Yeah. The space is constantly developing as the corporates go more powerful. There is a bigger resistance coming up. So each side needs to evolve and adapt. Otherwise, they'll get consumed by the other. Yeah, and there's so many dimensions. I think that's that's the difficult part. And like, I think few people are understanding the different dimensions. Yeah. And coming back to the AI with, you said it here, like a painter can now experiment without painting, can write down his ideas in details. And that's kind of why I share that particular image. I'm not sure how many people caught on that it was generated by AI, but just having a visual anchor point to see what fashion could look like, a modern fashion of integrated fashion. And maybe someone can actually go design something like that would be cool. But then, you know, the inspiration isn't just in your head. You can put it on, so to speak, screen or paper. It, it definitely, if, if like, we're not realizing the full potential of this, of course. I mean, there are just so many ideas popping in my head right now of possibilities. There's so much, there's so much, there's so much interesting stuff that you could do with AI. The artistic side of me wants to jump completely in. Yeah, so yeah. The, like you mentioned the artistic. The, the reason, the one of the big reasons I started experimenting last weekend because it's basically because of an NFT project. Tim Ferriss, you know, I've mentioned Tim Ferriss yeah. multiple times during the podcast, but he launched his own D project and his project was basically a long-form storytelling. There's no utility, nothing. It's just an imaginary world he created. And he called it cop punch, basically chickens with weapons in the fantasy universe. And then he put out uh, a kind of 
because he saw someone generate AI imagery for his chickens. He kind of put out a competition on Twitter for people to use AI and imagine what the chickens could look like oh. in, in different styles. So I, I started to experiment and kind of hear, hear some things that, that came up. Have you, have you entered this one? I, 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 I've generated a few. I'm, I, I think I entered this one. So basically using the traits of the NFT as prompts and kind of see what you could replicate to a certain degree. This, all of this is generated by AI. In this one particular, the is headpiece was red. So I colored that in Photoshop a bit. Most of it, like 98% was just pooped out by the AI after the prompt. Here's another one, like. Yeah, this I did this morning as an experiment with the Midjourney bot, uh, the Timas Donuts. Like, eh, I tried to make a. So a, a you can also do like T-shirts design now. Basically, I, I I experimented with sigils like vector art, the minimalism, photography. So it it, it ranges to the the prompt. And so, how is it with copyrights to these AI images? So that's, I, I, I can't comment on that, but the only thing I could do is speculate because it's drawing inspiration. If, if you look at traditional copyright, it's okay to draw inspiration and remix artwork, but that's, I'm, I'm going to leave that up to the copyright expert, but this platform is generated by, generates these images, but they do give you the copyright of all assets. They, they remain a non-exclusive right to use those images, but you as the gener the, the prompter gets those assets or is allowed yeah, but, to use those assets. But the copyright still is, is theirs. We need to define what copyright is. And I'm not sure because you have usage, copyright, your and okay, so ownership. Okay. This, this, so I, I'm not going to have this discussion with you. No, 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 no. Okay. No, but I, it's just from a, from a. You like from a user perspective, I don't want to know. Like for instance, I made this proof of picture. This is an AI profile picture. Yeah, I think I know what you used here. This the stu cafe studio something, and you put in a style from a famous artist, Leo. From an artist, exactly. Yeah. So this is my picture, technically. So it's a remix of my picture. Because be, be, before you remix this, I can also comment to you Photoshop and image editing tools. People have I could have made this myself. Yeah, people have built in macros yeah. too to to replicate yeah. certain things with certain par parameters. It's just been automated, yeah. and the AI yeah. just made it even faster. Yeah. So do so what you will. Yeah, it's a reimagination of of something that exists. The at the end of the day, you can keep discussing of is it good or bad, but unless you Go deep I think in it's it, a good thing. The more on. I think, the more I think of it, it's just a good thing. Unless you go hands-on, exactly. You, yeah. you need to internalize it for what it could do for you yeah. and the, your work, your immediate environment. Because technology is going to keep evolving. But then from the Tim Ferriss, let's go from the Tim Ferriss to the Trump cards. Like how, if you compare the two projects, where do you feel is the difference? So I think I watched a video of the Trump card this morning. And I think what happened is someone just paid off Trump. They made a project, paid off Trump to make it seem that it was his own creation and kind of built. It's just Trump's project is basically a sweep things under the legal laws of the U.S. where, where it's okay. done. So I see Tim Ferriss' project as a pure art project. Whereas Trump's is a, yeah, basically a sweepstakes lottery or something. And Sweet. people are still following the hype of NFTs. So, you know, yeah, I saw they FOMO like, into yeah, it. This is breaking and I was like, no, the price is going to go down. <laughs> the price is only going to go down. It's going to go down. It's going to go down. It's going to keep going down until it's near zero. And I had that with NBA Top Shot. I mean, I still have my account. All the prices have gone down from pure monetary economic. perspective. Yeah. Economic perspective. I should have definitely cashed out and I and now bought them back now because I know we're 
we're going to get into the situation. Yeah, but, but it's, it's again, basic human nature. It's hindsight. It's hindsight. Yeah, hindsight. And also, it didn't go completely to zero, which is really interesting. It's at a point now that it really can, I guess it can go lower in the sense that like a lot of the NFTs are just $1 and it doesn't go lower than $1. Well, unless you're just going to gift them, but the sound of the base value is $1. So that, I think that's a really interesting thing that if you have like goblins, rares, and legendaries, let's keep it at those three categories. If your goblins can be less than $1, your rares will never get $1 and your legendary, legendaries won't either. Like yeah. there's still, there's still a kind of the, the, the psychological effect is that you yeah. know people will ha are clinging to the hope that it will go back to where it once was and the chances of that happening are very small it's not impossible but it will take a hell of a lot to get that momentum up and going because there are multiple factors playing there like yeah you have the macro situation you have the the, the time of the bull market etc that's playing into it yeah and the blues come and the pv prices have also gone lower i, I know someone who has yeah, every, every, also into every, everything's down everything the, the whole market and i think uh, the interesting thing is that the previous cycle there were no nfts so yeah the drops for the altcoins were much higher than the well now. yeah nfts were in development during the previous cycle but yeah. they weren't mainstream yeah and so, what oh yeah, they're technically they were there. I mean, the yeah. Board Ape Yacht Club NFTs were already there. So no, actually, Board Ape is something recent. CryptoPunks was something. Crypto, sorry, CryptoPunks. Thanks for correcting me. Speaking of which, I haven't looked at my HypePunks for quite. Oh, Flu brings up another controversial topic. Okay, Twitter, Elon's acquisition on Twitter. <laughs> So I think Elon won't be CEO for a very long time. Elon he, he put a poll, I think, a day or two. If it, yeah. week, and people voted him off. Yeah. And if we can say the amount of votes the poll got. I think it thing. was 56% or 57% versus 43%. It was still a 45, 40-60 split. Yeah, it was cool. But still, the fact that so many people joined in. This is insane. I, I think it was insane. Like millions of people joined in on a tweet to vote whether or not Elon Musk could remain CEO of Twitter. It's insane. I mean, Mark would never do something like that. Also, and, he would he would have been voted off probably eighty. Yeah. Okay. So that's will it become like WeChat? I think it's gonna be difficult to become something like WeChat because WeChat is very centralized. It's very... No, like, I'll, I'll give you a simple If you look example. at the ecosystem in China, it, it's I'm, kind I'm of... Gonna, I'm going to give you a simple example why no app will be able to replicate WeChat for now. The biggest strength, the biggest USB that WeChat has is the payment system. And the WeChat payment system is integrated into... Um, Chinese credit system. So it's yes. like really your WeChat account is connected to your credit card passport and your ID and everything. So basically, if you do something illegal with your WeChat account, basically the government knows about it and you'll get blocked. You won't be able to leave the country. You will get a lot, lose a lot of privileges. And basically it's, it's a very much of a growth. And that's why WeChat in China is different from WeChat outside of China. Tried WhatsApp payments in Brazil. So why was Brazil the first country in the world? Like it wasn't like some other Western country. It was a BRICS country. It was Brazil. That was the first country where WhatsApp payments were rolled out. And the reason for that being is the Brazil system is not similar to the Chinese system, but there's also this social security kind of rolled into. So for instance, in Brazil, if you want to buy a car and it goes with terms, so you're buying a car and it will be for 36 months, you will pay this amount. It automatically, automatically is connected to your social security now. Yeah. The, the, so basically, the total they infrastructure and the system 
You don't have to work around with cash because technically you can just, it it takes it off of your balance. And the, the, the Western world is too fragmented with different corporations for something to that, for something like that to. The government just doesn't have that kind of power. That's, that's just, that's just the difference. And in the end, WhatsApp payments didn't work for, for Brazil because the banks were taking too much of a high percentage for it to work. So at a certain point, people were like, wait a minute, how, how are these bank fees so high when I'm paying through WhatsApp? That's right where they kind of pulled the, pulled the plug. Because yeah, they were and the, the, the same thing also with uh, why small business owners with the Fista MasterCard, where very small business owners kind of don't do card payments because the, the fees yeah. just add up. A $5 payment is not worth it to do through a, it's not. a card transaction. But yeah, I, I, I want to close off with this. I'm going to show you the, what, what I did in the past few days. How much image, how many images I generated just to experiment with it. So this is today recently, and I'm going to show you at the end what I tried three months ago. And I put the same prompt again with the improved AI. Uh, oh, wow. Today okay. And show you the difference in results. But generally, yeah, it's like all these were done in the past few days, like yeah, you'll see a lot of chickens because I was trying to do things yeah, for the competition and experimenting. But look, minimalistic style, like some cyberpunk style, realistic styles, abstract. I try to make an X. Apparently, the AI doesn't know what an X looks like. So yeah. I failed <laughs> really bad with trying to make an X. And if you're talking about designs, sticker designs, boom. Easy prompt. You got some nice stickers in, in a Christmas theme. And let me see if I can find the, if I go down. Yeah, these were done. Yeah, something like this was done in September, I think. So same prompt. And I used it recently again. Where is it? Here, the same prompt. And it gave me this from almost unrecognizable. Interesting. To that. Interesting. So that's, that's why I also went back because I tried these things like three months ago and I, I wasn't really impressed. And then when I started doing the chickens again, but when I generated this chicken, did this chicken, that's when I like, okay, I need to experiment. <laughs> So yeah, mostly midway. I'm, I'm not sure. Mid journey. I think he means mid journey. Yeah, these are all are are all done on mid journey. I tried Dali. Dali doesn't give this kind of fidelity and realism. It's this kind of artsy, like clunky. There's diffusion, sta- stable diffusion. That one was also iffy. So you can combine different AIs to kind of mix and match and some AIs do some things better than others. But for the concept arts kind of stuff, kind of mid-journey, in my opinion, is way ahead. But yeah. Okay. So what, what do you think for the people listening? Where is AI heading? Where is the metaverse heading? And how can we use this in, in the example that we started off at the beginning for fashion, for example, to kind of visualize anchor some ideas. I'm going to try something. So I have no idea where this is going to head or this is going to end. I think practice makes perfect. Yeah. I think think that the best thing that someone can do now is just getting their hands quote unquote dirty and just trying it out. Just spend an evening trying all the different things. Going ham. (laughs) Going ham on the journey. Ah, sure. Why not? Awesome. To close it off, what can we expect next week? What can we expect next year? So next week, if everything's on schedule, we should have a guest again, unless they cancel due to holidays, but everything's still on schedule. And then we'll have a guest again next year. We're already fully lined up for January. What can we expect next year? I think definitely we're going to mix things up with the podcast. I'll probably dabble with the AI to see how to 
how we can actually use cut up content, whatever, in a certain way, use this podcast project as a case study for AI, see where we can get. And yeah, I hope everyone hops in for that journey also. Awesome. I don't think I have anything to add for now. I do feel like there are a couple of surprises coming next year. So I'm looking forward to it. Diego, what's the fun episode? Yeah. As always, these episodes will be available on all streaming platforms a couple of weeks from now. You'll be able to stream them on Spotify. We're definitely going to use Spotify more in 2023. But also, you can also watch it on or listen to it on confos.com. And as always, we'll be back next week. Same place, same time? Yep. Should be awesome. same time. Awesome. Thank you for See tuning you. in. This was Social Confos. Bye-bye.